We always find grace. We always find help. And so, Lord, we need your help. We always need your help. We need it so much we're not even aware we need your, <laughs> we need your help. So we thank you, Lord, and we bless you and we praise you for divine help. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're talking about the fact that you can trust God with your body. You can trust him with your body. We, we enumerated some reasons why. Number one, he created us. We did not make ourselves. So if you, if you own a Cadillac, you don't go to the Kia. I may not even know how to spell it. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just that way. When you, when you need help with something, you want to turn it into somebody who's competent, who really knows. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So we are made in with an awesomeness. We are created with a, I would say, a complexity. Because look at how long people have been studying the human body and they still don't have all the answers. I was reading a book, um, I forget what the book, little a little pamphlet, and it was talking about um, some of the evidences in the Bible uh, of certain things that we know in the natural. And, uh, you know, some some things that I could think of that weren't enumerated there, but there were at least 10 or 15 things that people had been puzzled about, and it's written plainly in the Word. You know, one of them is that the earth is round. Remember, people thought it was flat for the longest time. They were afraid to go sailing too far because they thought they'd drop off. And the Bible says God puts his feet on the circle of the earth. So it tells you right there the earth is round. Amen. But as old as the Bible is, it took people, I don't know how long, they just found out the earth was round maybe about maybe about six or so centuries ago. And then they started to venture out further. That's what caused people to come to what we call the new world and explore because they knew that they wouldn't get to a point where it would drop off from under them. But God has had that truth in plain sight in his word. Amen. We just found out that the key to a lot of um, cellular activity is in the bone marrow. And that's in Genesis 1 where God took Adam's rib and created the woman. So if there weren't DNA and genetic material in there, he would not have had the ability to create her from that rib. Amen. And so there's a lot of things that we, we, we need as far as knowledge and information that only God has. And if we will trust him that he has all knowledge and all understanding, and that he wants to give it to us. It's it's available to us as a blessing to us. And so if we'll understand a little bit more about what God knows and what he how we were created, you know, just get get in some of those places in the word where you've never been before. Them clean pages. You know, that page when you open up, it'll say, oh, how did you get in here? You know, never been in there before. And so uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. 
And so we, we need to, we need to do that. And, and it's good to study people who understand the word as well. That helps, you know, gives you a, a, an interpretation on it. Uh, it all comes together, uh, for good Bible knowledge. And so, uh, but we need to know that we can trust God with our bodies because He made us fearfully and wonderfully. Uh, we did not make ourselves. We did not come from a big bang. Amen. We did not come from some kind of evolution where we started out in a, a primordial pool and all these little organisms crawled out and man walked one day. It didn't happen like that. See, that's the problem people get when they walk by sight and not by faith. Let's say it again. It's the problem you run into when you walk by sight and not by faith. Because... Because there are some similarities between different animals or, or different created things, it doesn't mean they came from one another. See, the similarity is they have a common creator. That's what, what makes them similar. Amen? Amen. You know, Miss Vicky, all y'all kids look like each other and y'all too. You understand what I'm saying? Isn't because they had a common denominator. You got me? And so don't slide nothing as if, whoop, whoop, wait a minute, who is this? <laughs> Put the question mark. <laughs> oh boy, I could tell stories back in the day. Yeah. Who is daddy? Who he look like? What, what you think? Huh? Now, when, when they belong to you, everybody, they're marked. God marks them. So you don't get them confused with nobody else's kids. Take somebody else's key at home, so. But they have a common origin, common gene pool, common DNA. Amen. And so, um, we all have that similarity as human beings. We, we can, uh, intermarry with one another. Uh, we can, uh, reproduce with one another as human beings. Amen. And so that means that we are one species. Right? And, and, and God made it that way. Amen. He made it that way. I used to hear uh, some some old time crazy preachers say they didn't feel God wanted races to intermarry. And I thought, well, if that was true, why'd He give us the why'd He stop us from being able to reproduce with one another? See, if God wants to do something, He'll do it. If He don't want blacks and whites to have children together, He'll stop you from being able to reproduce with each other. Because he got a remedy for everything if it's his will. So if he doesn't stop it that way, that must mean he has nothing against it. Just something to think about. I don't know why I'm rambling like this. I'm trying to, trying to find myself to the main road. We'll get there. But see, there's a lot of stupid, what we call wisdom out there. That makes no sense at all when you read the Word of God and, and when you start to have God's mind and get understanding from the Almighty. It, he fits everything into place so that it, it brings understanding even to the simple. Amen. When, when His Word enters in and gives us the light and the breakthrough that we need. So we started out by, uh, with Proverbs 3, 5, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. So in order to get health from God, you've really got to trust Him. Amen. Uh, and trust is, is 
something that we can get in many, many ways from the word. Once you put confidence in God's word, you can begin to know something about God. You can know he, if, if, if nothing else, if you know he loves you, then you know that good things are coming. Amen. When, when people love one another, good things come of those relationships. Amen. So, so you can expect good things from God. What's good? Your health is good. Amen. Your well-being is good. Your, your stability and your security and your finances is good. All that stuff is good. And so we can trust God with all of those things because he means to do us good all the days of our life. So knowing that he created us, that means that you go back to the manufacturer when something goes wrong. Now you have an eternal warranty on your body. Amen. It, it never runs out. Amen. It's guaranteed throughout eternity. So you can always get healed. Amen. If sickness attacks your body, it, there's no such thing as it's too far gone. Is God gone? As long as he's alive, you got health coming to you. Amen. He hasn't gone anywhere. And he doesn't change his mind about anything. Once he says you're healed, you're healed. Whether you like it or not, you're healed anyway. <laughs> you know, some people want to fight you and just, I just don't believe that. I don't know. Well, how could he do that? Listen, I don't know how. Amen. You don't know how your car runs. But you jump in there and get there where you want. That's all you care about. Give me some keys. You ain't even bothered about no gasoline too much. Amen. Be in there tooling around. Look, look at this. Oh, Lord, I'm running out of gas. I was having so much fun driving. Don't even know how it works. You don't care. Amen. So it's it's best. If God wants you to know stuff, he'll tell you. He, he'll share with you whatever, whatever he can. You know, some things we, we, we don't need to know. We're not ready to know, but he'll, he'll fix us up. But the, the major, major contribution that we make to this covenant is faith, is believing the word of God. So I think if we focus on the believing end and let God do the healing end, and the prospering end and the directing end and the, in the, uh, deliverance end, just focus on your part. Amen. And, and God can come through and do whatever his word tells you that he wants to do for us. So we had some, some scriptures yesterday to talk about how God healed, about his, his covenants of healing, what he's told Israel in the past and and to us it it's that's our inheritance too everything that he shared with them for for healing and for cure is for us as well proverbs 4:20 we know that's our familiar scripture to pay attention to the word hear the word incline your ear to his sayings in other words don't pay any attention to what the terminal medical people have told you but listen to him. Because the medical people sometimes really can't make up their minds what they believe. You understand what I'm saying? In, in everything, because of mass communication, everything's got a political slant to it. So my, my advice is Psalm 91. Hide yourself 
under the shadow. Go crawl up in your Bible and don't come out. Amen. Because it's rough out here. Amen. Amen. And so you you don't want to fall victim to the world's information and just believe what they believe or only have access to what they, you know, I don't care. It's been like, what, two years going on, three years now with this so-called pandemic. Amen. And you still got to believe the word of God. You know, if you come out and try to listen to what they're telling you about it over that course, the course of the two years, we've heard so many different reports about everything related to it. But the one thing that's constant, and that is Proverbs 420. Pay attention to his word. Don't pay no attention to that. Incline your ear to his sayings. God will give you simple common sense things to, to, to do to prevent you know, yourself catching anything from anybody, you know, nobody coughs on anybody, you know, unless they do it mistakenly. That's just something that's built in the people. They kind of protect people from that. And that, that is the primary way any respiratory illness is contracted. It dies immediately when it gets out in the air. So it's not on your grocery cart. They just selling all that goopy stuff and putting it on there and, it's full of alcohol. If you touch it, you wind up burning your eyes. You know, you'll see somebody put their baby in the cart and wipe that off. The baby going to chew that bar. That's the first thing they're going to grab. You understand what I'm saying? So now you got isopropyl alcohol in your baby's system. Y'all keep messing around with this stuff and see what you get. See, the, the, your government is putting things into your hands commonly that should not be used in common everyday use. Do you understand what I'm saying? Antiseptics is for real disease. They ain't for fake stuff. Now you can imagine them, them carts are contaminated if you want to. You know the power of the acid in the human stomach? Now? Yeah, because you don't stick your hand in there. That's how powerful it is. That's why it's closed off from everything else. What don't get killed in there, it can't die. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's why I tell people, I said, bless your bread and your water and throw it down. Are you worried about what's in everything and this is this and this is that? You, you'll die trying to read a label. Poppy, help me out here. I said, <sighs> don't know what you're reading. Benzacons and bongs and bonga. 13 letter words. You don't even know how to pronounce the first syllable. So leave it alone. Go and bless that and keep going. Wash your hands. Everybody knows wash your hands when you come out the bathroom. My goodness. This is just simple. Let's cut this nonsense out. Everybody trying to be an expert now on everything. They're expert on medicine, expert on nutrition, expert on disease, expert on. Never seen so many scared experts in my life. Everybody is expert because they're scared. Let me see. Now it's too cold to go across the street to the Y. 
Is anybody on the internet out there? <laughs> oh boy. Anywho. So there are some things that we need to understand that would prevent people from receiving Jesus as healer. Amen. First thing is they don't know anything about him. I don't know. if I, I never heard him heal before. Well, you don't know nothing about that doctor you're going to either. He just got an office in a white coat. Oh, my. I must have to have a pettier now. What shall I drink? Huh? Do you? But see, the natural things are more familiar to us. That's why we're comfortable with them. See, it doesn't put you out on a limb to go anywhere to get an examination, especially if you're hurting. You know, when you hurt, you'll take anything. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so what's familiar then is what we reach for. But the Holy Spirit is more familiar to you than you know. See, a lot of times we just haven't had experience with God yet to know that we can trust Him. Well, if you haven't had the experience, when you gonna get it? Well, this is so serious. God's serious too. He was serious when he saved you. He was seriously saving you from hell and a bad life. So I don't know anybody more serious than that. Amen. And so I don't care how serious your condition is. God has your remedy. You've just got to look to him for the things that you need. You got to look to him. We talked yesterday about some of the questions that people have. And, and two of the things we talked about. One, are you willing? And two, are you able? Amen. Matthew chapter 8, if you want to turn there. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 2. Jesus was on the mountain transfiguration with a few of the disciples. and They came back down. Oh, no, this isn't that one. This is a different. When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper. This is the one about the leper worshiping him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. So. This man, there are two issues always and are doubting if God, if we can trust God with our bodies. Number one, is he willing to heal us? And number two, is he able? So this guy, no doubt, was convinced Jesus was able because he probably followed him long enough to see him heal other people. Whatever you do in life... If you're investing your time and your energy in studying, following, listening to, make sure whoever you're spending your time submitting to has got the goods. You understand what I'm saying? You you got to know that they've got it. Amen. And we all know how to judge if people have got it. It's not by what they say or what title they say they carry. But what follows them? What kind of fruit follows those people? Amen. 
And so you, you, you've got to see that. This is what, this is why Jesus came and demonstrated the kingdom. Because people needed to know that he had the goods before he would, they would legitimately follow him. These all were signs of the Messiah, what he would do when he came. He came to save us from our sins. Once you're saved from your sins, you get the response of heaven in your body, in your family, in your finances, everywhere. Amen. Because sin is what the problem is. If you don't think that's the problem, then you'll never get saved. That's why the Pharisees and Sadducees ignored Jesus. They didn't think they were bad people. They didn't think sin was their issue. You understand what I'm saying? When you come to Christ, everybody feels that conviction. You feel that pressure on you that you can't get that microscope that brought that shining light that, that kind of like floods you and you think everything is exposed now. Where do I hide? You can't hide anymore. That's conviction of sin. Where the light is coming and being shined on it so that you can confess it and get it out of the way. It's not for you to keep hiding from God. You know, people do that though. You'll see them get under conviction and you say, well, well, do you want the Lord? Oh, I'm good like I am. That's what you think. You know, but, but God will have to convince them. Amen. He's a convincer though. Don't, don't, don't put anything past him. You just sown a seed or watered a seed. God will take it from there. So don't worry about it. Just continue to pray for people. But people need to understand that once the sin problem is solved, everything else is theirs. Everything else you can acquire. Everything else you can have. Amen. Once you enter into covenant with, with, with Jesus, you become one, one body with him. Amen. One spirit with him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Amen. So that oneness makes us joint heirs with him. So you have an inheritance waiting for you. Which means that you don't have to beg for it, you don't have to doubt, you don't have to cry, you don't have to moan, you don't have to wonder when and wonder why and wonder if. And We all do it. Guilty as charged. Amen. That's just the carnal brain, how it responds to life. But then at the end of the day, you, you got to, at, at the end of the day, now I lay me down to sleep. I thank you, Lord. I believe your word. You understand what I'm saying? I know I've been a hot mess today running around crying, carrying and all. And, but at the end of the day, God, I still believe you. I am not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's a good thing. I, 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 I think it's, it's, uh, I was thinking about how when I said throw in the towel, I was thinking about how, um, the fight you know, the, the fight game is, you know, the, they don't give the boxer the towel to throw in. The trainer does that. Oh! Who's your trainer? The Holy Ghost. He ain't throwing in no towel for you. You don't get to quit. I don't care how much you think the devil didn't beat you up and they don't like me and they didn't do this for me and I do everything for everybody, you liar. Cause you're sitting up here waiting for somebody to do something for you before you do anything.
No, you don't get out of this. You get to use your faith. You get to trust God. You get to use his word. You get to prosper. You get to be healed. You get to be blessed. You get to do all that. You don't throw in the towel. He don't throw it in for you. Amen. Usually most fighters don't want to quit. That's why they take that power out of their hands and give it to the trainer. Amen. Uh Uh-huh. You can't quit. Everybody holding their breath. (laughs) Exhale. (laughs) Amen. You don't. It's not your game anyway. Amen. You can be laying back mad and ready to, I ain't going back there no more. Pretty soon the Lord moves on. You start weeping and crying, thinking about when you used to worship with the saints and Wonder if Sister So and So is still sitting in that same seat. Huh? Right. He ain't throwing no towel in for you. You're blood bought. You don't belong to you. Huh? You're bought with a price. Amen. They, and you can't be out bought. You can't buy yourself back. No such thing. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is not throwing in the towel for us. He's keeping us in the game. Amen. All you need is a little water splashed on your face. Amen. Take them little wounds and rub them. Put some little salve on them and lube you up. And they, when that bell rings, you jump right back out there again and fight the devil some more. Amen. So, so that's how this thing goes. So God is willing and able to heal. And this this um, leper found it out. He says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Many people doubt if God's able. Amen. If it's too big, if it sounds, if it's overwhelming to your mind, many times you think it's too hard for God. That's why over and over again in the Bible, it says with God, nothing is impossible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. And so it, 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 the enemy will steal from us in, in either of those doors if he can. Amen. So you must be convinced that God is able and you must be convinced that he's willing. Amen. Or doubt will block the door to your faith. And so a lot of your Bible reading, your attending to the word, will be to convince you that he is both of these things. Amen. In Romans 4, we see where Abraham, after many years of struggling, but following God, but doing the best that he could, Romans 4.21, we see where it says finally, He was fully persuaded. Amen. That means he knew God was willing and able. Amen. He says, verse 21, uh, verse 20, it says, he wasn't weak in faith. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. This is what most of us get when we first get something that's kind of too big for us. We start to stagger at whether God can do it. 
Because unbelief tells us, boy, this is hard. They say this is incurable. I'll never get better. All I have to look forward to is getting worse and worse and worse. And so we have to stay in the word, attend to the word that convinces us that he's able. Amen. Convinces us that it's not too big for God. And so he said, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Strong faith glorifies God. Amen. It it doesn't make him puny and it doesn't embellish the problem. See, when you're strong in faith, you don't go around talking about how bad you hurt, how bad your symptoms are, what the doctor said that's negative, what your reports say. You can't glorify God talking like that. Amen. So just take them little papers. If you got to look at them, look at them, but burn them up after that. Amen. Because that's over with. Once you start trusting God, that evil report is canceled. Amen. You got to cancel it. You got to cancel it and use your faith. And, and, you know, just look at it and say, God, this, this, they wrote this up. Do like, uh, uh, Hezekiah did. <laughs> People surrounded him. He had three different armies of three different companies coming to fight him. In his, in the, the nation of Judah, and they, they sent him a letter saying, do you think your God that you serve is going, we did this to this people, we did this to that people, we did this. That's what the enemy does. He loves to embellish himself. Huh? And you gonna be just like him if you don't tell your people that God you serve is gonna help you. How can he help you against all this? Huh? But what did Hezekiah did? He went to the, the altar of God and laid that letter out there before God and told God, they didn't write this to me. They wrote this to you. <laughs> Amen. This is your mail. Huh? You got to say that. You got to be like, you got to let that stuff go away from you. You can't let that sink in and be become part of your believing sister you either believe you're healed or you believe you're sick you make up your mind you can't believe both of them at the same time and it seems like just when you start gaining ground and feeling joyful who am i healed i'm healed you really feel it this time the minute you start doing that some evil report creeps up huh the phone to ring. The doctor said, well, we got your, your lab report back. No, that ain't mine. <laughs> Mrs. Williams is at home right now. How? <laughs> huh? Return to sender. Address unknown. I know that's right. Whoever sent it can take it back because it don't belong to you. All that sickness and death sentence was canceled at Calvary. And you got to reckon it so. Amen. So Abraham, even under, he didn't even have an old covenant. He was before Moses. But he had faith in God. And it said he managed to persuade himself to father a child when he was 99. Amen? 
Oh, you men exhale. Come on now. Ain't nobody talking to you. You throwing no shade at nobody. <laughs> Get nervous. <laughs> Look at that diapers. What's this going to cost? The first thing the man has, what's this going to cost? Praise the Lord. But it says, he gave glory to God by being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. See, it's one thing to believe the promise. Like when we hear, God tells you that you get a prophecy, God's going to do this, this, yada, 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 yada. And then you go on excited about the prophecy. Oh, I heard, you know, you, you, you were, when we hear a promise, we're excited by what we hear. Your ears get excited about the hearing of it. But now you gotta work on the performance of it. And see, days may go by, months may go by, years may go by, nothing happens. So you get talked out of whether God's gonna perform it or not. Even though you believe he promised. Uh, there's some amazing people out here. They've been believing for a uh, Catherine Kuhlman ministry for 30 years. And they ain't cool nothing yet. You understand what I'm saying? It's, but they still believe, oh God told me I'm gonna have so and so and such and so. Huh? So you can get real hyped off of somebody telling you they're gonna do something for you. And kind of wishy-washy on the follow-through. See, many times we start to think, we start to count the cost of what it's going to cost for him to perform those things in us. You understand what I'm saying? And we, we'd rather be happy about the fact that he told us he's going to do it rather than zero in on, okay, God, what's next? Huh? Because if you really want a performance, you got to figure out what's next. What's the next step? You know, God, you call me to a ministry. How do I learn? What do I do? Where do I go? Who's going to teach me? Don't ever assume you know enough already. Because if you did, you'd be doing it. <laughs> I mean, God's desperate for laborers. What are you going to hold you up for if you're qualified already? I'm going to get out the kitchen. What you think, Poppy? I'm going to go to the living room. They they don't want to cook today. They just want to. Oh, no. You just going to have to move on out. So fully persuading yourself. This is what this gentleman was doing when he asked Jesus if he was willing. Amen. He said, are you willing to heal me? Why would a, Why would somebody ask, are you willing? Well, they'd have to think of themselves as not being worthy to be healed. Amen. And so, and that's a lot of us. Sometimes the first thing you think about when you ask God for something is what you did wrong. I mean, why is it taking so long? What did I do? How did I miss it? Where am I at? He was a leper. People didn't touch lepers. They stayed away from lepers. So he has this big wall of rejection around him. And so, it, and I'm telling you, if that's been your life and you've been pushed around and you've been, you know, not desirable, whatever, 
that's going to be your your strong man to fight to get anything from God. See, that thing is going to pop up every time you try to believe God for something. Even in people who know the grace of God, it it will pop up and try and steal from you. Is God willing to do it for me? And many times before we'll invest the time in studying the word, in prayer, confessing the word, anything. Before we even reach out for it, you got to break through that strong man again. Of is he going to do it for me? Does he love me enough to do it for me? Even knowing what I've done and knowing where I've been and and how everybody tends to treat me at some point. Will he do it for me? And so that is he willing to do it for me issue has to be settled. This stuff isn't in the Bible for you just to skip over it and say that ain't my problem. It's in there to help you to understand this stuff is going to keep you from getting it. Amen. And so we have to break through these strongholds and break through these mental barriers that tell us we can't because. See, the devil will always give you a reason why you can't have something. Amen. And so once you get that settled, then you can be fully persuaded. Amen. Abraham, it got so old, I guess he said, I got all the mistakes I've made, I don't feel like making them no more. <laughs> Sometimes age works for you. Amen. <laughs> I mean, seriously. God visits the blessing on you when you're ready to receive it. He don't care nothing about how old you are. Huh? He cares nothing about that. He's, he's into Kairos time, appointed time, um, uh, uh, the, the ripe, the ripening of time, the fullness of time. That's what he works on. So if it's that you're not in the fullness of time for certain things yet, just keep believing. Keep saying the word, keep expecting, because it'll come. Amen. He doesn't think about time. In fact, he doesn't think about time. There's no time where God lives. Amen? It's true. Time works, time works a certain, I mean, time would work for you or against you. But the absence of an awareness of time brings a certain freedom with it. You know, I mean, seriously, there are some places where they purposely remove all the clocks so that you don't have an awareness of how long. Las Vegas is one place. They don't have clocks in there nowhere. They take them all out so that when you get on that table and start gambling, all you got to do is say, oh, I ran out of chips. You don't say what time it is because you don't care. (laughs) Uh, You just want to stay in the game. And that, that's why they do that purposely. Amen. God, heaven has no time in it. Amen. So they must have stole that idea from God. Because heaven has perfect joy, perfect bliss, perfect everything there. Because there's no time to put a drag on things for us. And tell us we can't do it because we're out of time. Or tell us we're running out of time. Why try? Amen. 
And so if if we learn how to make time our friend, when you walk in the spirit, time is your friend. But you got to learn how to stay in there. You got to learn how to make Jesus your best friend, the Holy Spirit your friend, so that you walk in the realm of the spirit and time does not bother you. Amen. It really doesn't. So this man, this leper settled the question. He just came right out and asked Jesus. He said, man, I've been pushed around so much. I need to know, number one, are you are you going to do this? You want to do it? Amen. Do you want to heal me? You want to touch me? You want to help me? Really? Because most people don't. Amen. The other issue is comparing God with people. We're good at that. We take our experience with people and transfer it over onto God. Amen. And so we have to learn. That's why God tells us to attend to his word. We have to learn how to trust him. We have to learn his ways. We have to learn his laws and obey his laws. That's why the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and things will be added. So you don't have to even talk about things to God. Just worship him. Serve him. Read his word. Get inspired from the word. Know what's yours from the word. And begin to thank him for it. God, is this the right thing for me right now? I'm I'm sensing that you're telling me this is something that, that you have for me. You know, and I receive it. You know, I want it, God. I'm 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 your servant. I'm your girl. Huh? BFF right here. Amen. Park it in my garage. And so when when we start to understand God and start to walk with him, we find that he is willing and able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what we ask or think. In other words, just get your mind out of the way and let God bring into your life what he wants to bring into your life and rejoice over it. Amen. There's nothing left to do but rejoice and be glad. Amen. Amen. So um, the other thing in Exodus twenty three twenty five, the conditions of staying well is serving God. Amen. Not yourself, not the church, not the this, not the that, but serving God. And he will bless your bread and your water. You obey and serve him. He'll bless your bread and your water and take sickness from the midst of you. So there's no sickness. In God's kingdom. Amen. Deuteronomy 7.15 says. He will take away all sickness. Even the Rona. Amen. Take away all of it. Ones that haven't been thought of yet. Amen. Exodus 15.26. We have to diligently. Hearken to the voice of the Lord. Do what's right. And obey him. And we'll walk in divine health. We only have one commandment now, and that's the commandment to love. Amen. And so once you you understand how to walk in love, I think you have to learn it. We don't know it. we got to learn everything. That's why Jesus said to take his yoke upon yourself and learn of him. Amen. Uh, because he's not hard to learn from. He says he's meek and lowly of heart. Amen. So it means he's easy to learn from. But we do have to learn how to love. That's the main thing that that he put us here for. See, love will answer a lot of things that your mind can't. 
Amen. It'll take care of a lot of stuff that we we don't know how to take care of. And I mean God's love. I mean walking hand in hand with God and obeying him in all things. And so the issues of willing and obedient. Are we obeying the commandments that we know to obey? Are we being faithful and diligent in it? Not part-time serving, but full-time serving. Amen. Not the stuff you like doing, but the things that challenge you, that humble you. Amen. That that you have to leave your pride outside in order to do them. These kinds of things. Those are the things that God God wants his people to do. Be willing to do whatever God puts before you. Amen. So here we have, um, we just did the leper. So God told him, he said, I will. He said, I'm willing. Be clean. And he touched him. Amen. That touch meant everything. You saw some lepers he cleansed and he said, go. Amen. In other words, you don't need a touch and I ain't touching you. <laughs> go show yourselves to the priests. There were different ways he used to minister to people. But this man he touched. Why? Because he felt rejected. He felt like God didn't love him. That touch meant he was accepted. He was loved. He was all of those things. Sometimes you need more of a touch from God, more of a personal, more of a, uh, sometimes, you know, if you, you spend time at home worshiping God and, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will start to speak to your heart and just encourage you and tell you, uh, things, you know, things that, that you know, um, are true about you, but somehow you put them on the back burner. They're not as available to your heart and to your mind now as they used to be. You know, sometimes you need to be reminded of his love. You need to be reminded that you're, you're special to him. You're his peculiar treasure. Amen. You know, God has a sense of humor. He told me that one time. He said, you know, you're my peculiar treasure. And I laughed when, you know, the word peculiar just, you know, of course you would say that about me. You know what I'm saying? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and so sometimes you need a good laugh. You need to help have yourself lifted up and elevated. That when 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 we talk about the the peace of God, shalom, that means your well being, your state of mind about yourself, how you feel about you. God wants all of that settled. He wants it leveled out. He doesn't want. You know, why would He heal your body and then your mind is goofed up? He wants all of that done. Amen. Amen. It's like, you know, the, the, the pretty girl in school, you know, she cute, but you can't take her nowhere. <laughs> huh? She drink ginger ale and get loud. You know what I'm saying? So, praise God. So it, it's just one of those things. So, so he wants a spirit, soul, mind, and body 100% whole. Amen. And, and, He's the author and finisher of that. You don't decide whether you want mental health from God. He decides you need it, you're going to get it. Amen. So you just, just brace yourself, you know, you get it from the word. God will begin to show you things, you know, things that, that maybe have hindered you from being everything that you could be. You know, both for yourself, for him, for your family, you know, your job, everything. And so he, he wants a remake. He purchased us to remake us. Amen. 
Because we need, if you look in the mirror, you say, you know what, I need that real bad, God. I could do a re, I could use a remake in a, in a heartbeat. And so that's, that's what we want to do. Amen. 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 So, uh, God has a covenant of health with us. We outline some of the, the, uh, parts of that covenant. Blessing our bread and our water. That's why it's always good before you going through the drive through. I know that ain't no, your front seat of your car ain't no sanctuary, but you can make it a temporary one. After you place your order, start praying. Because what they do to some of that food, you need to pray. You don't have no clue what's in there. Hey, that kills me. You know, you go over to a family dinner or something and start at, ah, what kind of meat is that in there? What kind? You don't ask McDonald's that. And you ain't getting charged over here, but you might get punched out. You keep vexing the cook and the hostess. Don't mess with me. It's free, okay? Amen. (laughs) I had a nephew. He used to spar with me about what was in the greens. Was it turkey or you know, I told him, I said, I use both of them. See, that's what I mean. He got mad at me and I just went, I went over and hugged him and to apologize to him. You know, that brother got saved. He called me up next time. I finally see the light, auntie. You get enough of messing with God's servants about some pork. You lay off me and my ham hocks and my fat back. Yeah, I put jowl meat in there if I feel like it. Bless it all. Throw it down. <laughs> the sin is not being thankful. I'm going to say it again. The sin is not being thankful. Amen. It's sanctified by the word of prayer if you take it with thanksgiving. Next next dinner, next year we had dinner. He ate them greens with that pork in there. <laughs> I got a convert <laughs> to God and pork. Don't mess with me. Amen. Mark seven 26, we'll go there. The Syrophoenician woman. This was a good example of somebody trusting God with her body. And it came out, it worked out for her to the good. Well, actually, it was her daughter, but. It's all about trusting God. Because she wasn't in a trust position when she first began to petition the Lord. Amen. Her question was, was she, was he willing as well? So in, uh, seven verse 24, it says, from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. I love it. I love it. When God shows up, everybody knows it. Amen. The Bible says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. He cannot be hid. He cannot be hid. Amen. Everybody's going to know it as the waters cover the seas. It says in, in he, if for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And this woman was a Greek 
a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Amen. So she's asking Jesus to help her daughter. Amen. The first, her first approach really was she told him to have mercy on her because her daughter was sick and he didn't respond to her. Now, you gotta make up your mind what you want when you talk to God. Your faith cannot be scattered. Amen. See, you either want help for you or you want help for her. Let me see where that one is because in Matthew 5, let me turn, let's turn over Matthew 5 and I'll show you how she phrased it and why she got the response from him that she got. Matthew who? Like I said, 15. Where'd 5 come from? That jumped up in my page. Matthew, yeah, sorry about that, I read it wrong. 15, thank you. It said, verse 22, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. At this point, her faith is split. If you want a dog, call the dog, don't call the cat. Because neither one of them will show up. Amen. So you, your faith has to be focused on one thing and one thing only. You can't split the bullet up to hit two targets. Amen. So you can only hit one thing at a time. So this woman, now this is a common thing with people who have challenging problems. They want... Instead of going to the source of the problem immediately and getting that fixed, they want them to be fixed and feel better. So what she's saying is, Jesus, I'm having a hard time. You don't know how hard it is. My girl has these seizures. She's got this devil torments her and it's driving me crazy. So she goes him to him first with that kind of attitude. I want some help so I can feel better. This thing is driving me nuts. So Jesus didn't answer her. Amen. He says to her, um, he, uh, he, he answered verse 23. He answered her not a word. Because there was no faith on that that he could respond to. Okay, y'all, come on now, stay with me. He, it's just a complaint at this point. My daughters, have mercy on me. I'm having a hard time. This girl's driving me nuts. So he doesn't respond. If you don't, you get no, that you get the same thing. We get the same thing from him too. If you don't come to him in faith, you don't get a response. He just feel like you talking to yourself again. Amen. So he answered not a word. And, and when the disciples saw that, they said, send her away. Cause she's crying after us. Amen. So they're treating her in an improper manner because they see Jesus ignoring her. 
But he ignores everybody who doesn't come in faith. So he wasn't ignoring her for the same reason they were. This is why you need to study the word. Because you can get a lot of false impressions about what's going on in a story if you don't really investigate the story. Amen. You really do. You have to. It says to study to show yourself approved. When God says you've studied enough, that's when you studied enough. God's got to approve of your study. And you got to get the Holy Spirit to help you know what's going on here. So what is the overriding issue in any healing? It's faith. It's do you believe? And are you showing God your faith? Are you showing him you believe? And this lady has showed him nothing. Faith wise. So we'll stick with this one. This one's good. And the the disciples say send her away. She's crying after us. They think. He, she's being pushed away because they don't like Gentiles. See? They're, they're under a, a religious system that says you don't eat with certain people. You don't drink with certain people. You're not around certain people. Amen? But Jesus was around all of them. So he's got to set an example for his disciples. In other words, listen by the Spirit. You know, don't pay attention to whether somebody's a Jew or a Gentile or we, we all got the same God. Amen. Yeah. When we witness to people, you don't need to ask people what religion they are. Hey, they don't got no religion that's going to stand up to what you got. You understand what I'm saying? You're trying to give them something that's powerful. What are you going to let them talk about their little nonsense for? And so it, 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 they said, send her away. She's crying after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent to, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he waits. While he's waiting, his ushers get nervous. You know how it is sometimes when the church service gets quiet, somebody's going to shout. or You know what I'm saying. But when he rejects her and says, I'm only sent to my own, to the Jews, the lost sheep of Israel. And that was the truth because he came to them first. Amen. But actually, he ministered to everybody. It's like, for instance, if if I go over to Miss Nola's house and I've got a a, a basket of cookies... And I said, girl, I'm on my way over to, to so-and-so's house. I'm going to deliver some of these cookies. And I said, and then I say, you want some? See, I came, I'm going for something else, but that don't mean she can't have some of what I have. You got me? That's the way Jesus is. Like he was going to Jairus's house to, to heal the daughter. And then the woman with the issue of blood interrupts the whole situation. Amen touches him now he's got to stop and minister to her this ain't no hit and run show here lady you know what i'm saying you may have thought you wanted to just steal a, a healing from me sometimes we need to upgrade in our thinking 
See, that encounter with Jesus would mean more to her in the long run than getting that healing with him unaware and just going on about her business. Amen? So there he says here, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Still, about herself. You got me? But he answered her again and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, her comment in 22, no faith. Her comment in 25, no faith. Because she wants to be helped emotionally, mentally. I want to feel better. I don't want to feel like I feel with this daughter of mine. People make fun of her. They make fun of me. I'm an outcast here. I'm an outcast there. Help me. So he's got to do something to snap her out of herself. You ever get so deep in what you go through and all that? You It's hard for you to snap out? Huh? So he got to do the holy dough slap down right here in front of everybody and get this lady some. See, many times we are in dire straits because that's the only place faith will come out of us. Oh, don't tell me I'm the only one. You get desperate, you turn that plate down, you, huh? <laughs> you do a lot of stuff you used to, you know, wink at or, <laughs> you talk about people going on a 40 day, 40 days. Oh no, about that 40 days. You look up and you've been doing 50. <laughs> It ain't come out of it yet. Amen? <laughs> you know, you hear testimonies. I remember that testimony Norville Hayes gave about the family. I think they lived in Hawaii. He there's Somebody has a church there. He would go and minister a lot. So the guy, he was there ministering for his friend in his church. And a gentleman came up to him. And at that time, there the independent pineapple farmers had been bought out by a conglomerate, probably Dole, because they stole that island from the Hawaiian people anyway. I don't even go there, but, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. But uh, anyhow, um, normal, the man said, he said, the man said, I've lost everything. He said, I have trucks that that I can't move because there's no, nobody can hire me because everybody's hired by this big company and they aren't hiring anybody. And so Norval told him, he said, he said, well, if you want God to come through for you, he said, what you need to do, he said, you and your wife, every morning you get up and you begin to worship God and just worship him and begin to thank him for the breakthrough in your business and tell the devil to let your business go. And so the, the man said, he, he said, they did it for a week. Nothing happened. Two weeks, nothing happened. He said about the end of four weeks, they made up their mind they were going to do it whether anything happened or not. Hey! That's where you got to get to. I'm going to do it anyhow. God, whether you're in it, whether you're not in it, I'm going to do it anyway. 
And when you set your face like a flint like that, that means you're going somewhere. And he said, the next day somebody called him and said, we've run out of truckers that we hired. We need some extra help. Can you come and help us for a week? They kept worshiping. Problem people have, when they get their breakthrough, they slack off on what got them there. See, the ugly girl at the dance will always go home with you because you brought her. And she don't mind if you dance with them pretty ones while you're there, but I'm going home with you. It's who you go home with that makes the difference. And whether you stay prosperous, whether you, or you have to start all over again, you find yourself, oh, what happened? I don't know what happened. Oh, Oh, I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I just thought I was going to worship till I got my breakthrough. Huh? You're nothing better than a whore. You're going to worship God till you get your breakthrough. Then go dance with somebody else. Go home with them. That ain't right. You stay in worship. If you go broke, you worship. If you have nothing to eat, you worship. If nobody loves you, you worship. That's your duty to worship. See, they were just, normal was just getting back him back to his duty, his normal obligation. So stay in touch with God. You want something from God, you stay in touch with him. Amen? All the married women need to say hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Before you got married, you had their brother on speed dial. He couldn't get away from you. Am I right, Poppy? <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah. See? Keep up with who's working for you. You understand what I'm saying? So here this woman is, is she's gotten two strikes, amen, against her. Do you know you don't even strike out with Jesus? He'll keep working with you. You can get mad in the conversation and say you're going to go do something else and I ain't doing this no more. And these people at these churches, they don't know what they're doing and stuff don't work. And all. If he's got to wait 30 years for you to quit complaining and humble yourself and fall on your knees, he'll do it. She came up and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. But he gives her an answer. He says, it's not good to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And it slaps her out of her me coma. What about me? My daughter's sick, yeah, but I'm the one who's suffering. Hello? This isn't good for me. What about me? Jesus wants the daughter healed. But he's got to use the mother's faith to get to do it. He can't override the mother's faith to do any because he knows the trouble. She's already said in verse 22, her daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. So Jesus knows the problem. He keeps ignoring this lady because he's not seeing any faith coming out of her. All she's doing is whining and complaining for herself. God wants to see your faith because you got faith in you somewhere. 
it's just not coming out because you're so consumed with how you feel, what you go through, how you think, how they treat you, what they're doing to you, 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 me, me, me. He don't answer the me kind of stuff because there's no faith on the me stuff. Amen. No wine. She could tell that conversation to her girlfriends. You know, that's something you say over, you know, your morning latte. How hard your life is. He don't want to hear about it. He knows how hard her life is. But he needs to see some faith out of her so that he can heal the daughter. Because he's got compassion in him to get the job done. You won't get the job done until he sees some faith out of you. Amen. Even if he has to provoke it out of you. You ever, you ever want something from the Lord and, you know, your money's funny or, you know, you, you're not there yet. You want, say you want a better home or you want something. And then people start, you start hearing all these testimonies all of a sudden. People say, well, you know what, God, I, I was praying about it and, you know, before I knew it, God had got me this thing and got me that thing. And, and you, for a while you say, oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Oh. Where is mine? That's provoking you. He did that on purpose. To get you out of your fake hallelujah. And your fake worship. And your fake praise the Lord. And everything's wonderful. I'm standing in faith for mine. And you have released no faith to him. Huh? So you get angry. You get provoked. And the Holy Ghost corners you. So you know you shouldn't be mad at them people. They just giving a time. What you mad at her for? Oh God, everybody gets something. I don't get nothing. Well, just ask me. Huh? She has to break us out of our stupor of self-pity and anger. And thinking God likes somebody better than he likes us. Why they always get the stuff. And they don't they ain't even as nice as I am. They treat everybody mean. You do too. You just overlook yours. <laughs> oh Lord. He provokes us all the time. Amen. He puts us under conviction all the time. You know, sometimes you look and see. I look sometime on Facebook and I said, he called that a prophecy? How did he get 56,000 views? Well, number one, he puts it on there, you know. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever. So I had to learn that God doesn't judge us by views. You know, you just get slapped back into reality. And God's like, why are you looking at his views for? Do I tell you to work for that? Am I adding up your views to decide if I'm going to bless you or not? Yeah, Lord, but he shouldn't be able to be sitting up there being all happy about it. (laughs) You know. Whatever. <laughs> okay. 
I'll stop. Huh? People drive you nuts with that kind of nothing. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing as far as God is concerned. What he wants to do is help us to live by faith. Don't miss the opportunities God has for us by letting your faith get slack or letting it go downhill or letting it go dormant or just living out of the flesh and not not appreciating that that he's got things he wants you to do and he needs your faith to do it. Amen. There's a lot of work that has to be done on this earth and he is counting on us to come up to the plate and use our faith so that he can get something done. It cannot be done with without faith in God. And that's what he that's what he constantly grooms us for. That's what he's constantly working on us for. So he tells this this woman that in other words she's a dog. You know, I'm not going to take what's meant for the children of God and give it to you. You know, we we can't do that around here. Then she finally gets honest with him. See, your faith is somewhere in your honest expression of what's really going on in your life. Like, for instance, if, if, if I am upset because I keep hearing all these testimonies, well, like the prophets with the 56,000 likes, and I still believe you can, you can pay YouTube to bump up your likes if you want to. You can get somebody over there to put more on there. It's all a matter of pushing a button. Or you can get some friends that can do ten at a time. You know that kind of stuff. I don't know. Whatever. But there's some fake in all of that. And here you are jealous anyway. You know. Letting it show. Suppose that is the case. I'll get provoked about that. And God, what is the deal here? How come I can't get all them likes? And why am I small still? See, he wants you to get down to honesty. Amen. So the problem is that people like that remind you of how small you see yourself. Because there's no small or large in God. There's only obedience. And see, until you get down to the, to, to where the rubber meets the road and get just hard down honest before God. Let him provoke you out of your your emotions and your fakeness and your this and your that and your criticizing everything. God will tell you as long as you obey me, whether you have one people or one million, you're okay with me. That's what I gave you to do. You don't determine who comes to your meeting. I determine that. You don't determine how much your ministry grows. I determine that. You don't determine numbers. I determine that. Amen? And so once you you get down to the nitty gritty and you realize where you are, you've packed all this complaint on top of your faith, and God has to provoke you and get it down there to where you can really talk to him and tell him what your issue is. Amen? Or you'll be running off banging your head against the wall trying to be something he didn't call you to be. Amen? And so we have to learn how to let God come into those places that we want to keep hid. And this lady didn't want to confess 
that because she was a Gentile, she didn't think God would do that for her. She didn't think he would. But she knew deep down inside, some, there was something about Jesus she was hoping he would be different. And she found out he was. And he had to provoke her out of her fake, worship you, have mercy on me, feel bad for me, I'm not doing good, and ignore the fact that I'm a Gentile. We got to address that lady. We got to meet that head on because that's what's blocking your faith. Because if you be honest and let me know that you're mad because the Jewish people treat you bad and we deal with that, then we can get your faith out from under that pile of nonsense. This, this that they're doing to you is nonsense and the way you feel about it is nonsense. You can come to God for anything. God has enough compassion to heal your daughter. We just can't do it until you get honest and let your faith come out of there. And he said, dog, she said, yeah, but at least I can get something from the crumbs of master's table. In other words, I may be a dog, but I'm still in the game. Amen. Don't count me out. I still want my daughter healed. Dog or no dog, you give me something. She said, I'm not going home empty handed. And he said, ooh, sister. I likes all of that. He said, great is your faith. In other words, he's finding great faith in people who other people who are supposed to have faith will shun. That's the way it always is. All your, your biggie, biggie, wiggy, wiggy people and, you know, bishop here and bishop there. Nothing wrong with bishops. You know, we need them. But you know what I'm saying. People think the more titles they have and. The more hats they stick up on top of them other hats they got on there, you know, they, they think that's holiness. Amen. But God can find more faith in people who are struggling just to, to have the basics of life and being shunned by other people. Amen. Just, just, they're just holding on with a slender thread sometimes to stay in the hunt so that they don't quit and give up. And he has a way to find faith in the darkest places. In the most unlikely people, in in the people that that are being shunned, and you wouldn't expect anything great to come out of them, and he tells her how great her faith is. Amen. Because you didn't quit, you didn't let us discourage, you didn't let religion stop you. Amen. You know, if you fight your way out of religion, that's great faith, because that thing will trap you and connect you and get you in there you know i've seen people for years oh yeah i I like it over here you know my church we don't teach that and the next thing you know they've offered them some kind of position over there the devil always knows we'll make you a deacon we'll ordain you we'll do this we'll do that and they treated you like you had poop on your heel like they did david when he first showed up (laughs) where are you you coming from you've been somebody been around sheep in here yeah, but I'm taking this giant's head off. Amen. <laughs> All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, Father, for blessing our bread and our water, taking sickness from the midst of us. Thank you, Lord, for being our God, our maker, our creator, creator of heaven and earth and all things. And we love you for it, Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. I forgot this is the day we pray for people. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.